0: Culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, let's get an update from on the ground in Israel, where the war with Hamas continues to attract the attention of the whole world. Shmuel Younger and his wife and family live in Zufim, in the biblical heartland of Samaria. They're a part of the fourth generation of pioneers in the land of Israel. Shmuel holds degrees in law and Jewish history, and complemented by seven years of intensive study of the Bible. He's director of Christian Friends of Israel Community's Heartland, and Shmuel is travelling to Australia. He'll be here between the 26th of February and the 7th of March. Shmuel, a special welcome along to 2020.
1: Thank you, sir. Great to be here.
0: Shmuel, your organization, the Christian Friends of Israel Communities Heartland, you're the director of it. Give us some insight into the sort of work you do.
1: So first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'll tell you about Christian Friends of Israeli Communities. Um, This is an organization that um, I've been formed 25 years ago. I'm the newly appointed director since uh, September. And this organization was built after a request of Christians' friends that came to Sandra Beres. She's the director. She's the one who started this initiative. And they people asked, we want to support the biblical heart. And we want to support the modern day pioneers of Judea and Samaria. I know right now there's a war in Gaza and everybody's like focusing their attention there. But let's go back six months ago. Would you hear on the news all the time would be attacks over and over area, area we call it Judean Samaria, West Bank or the media. This is the area where is the most uh, violent, dangerous, and in risk place. We're talking about areas that are northern and south of Jerusalem next to big Palestinian cities and a lot of hostile villages around us, and we are half a million Jewish people trying to reclaim the area of Judea and Samaria. There's a lot of support needed in this area with humanitarian need, with safety needs. The people here are really struggling day in, day out. And that's what the CFOAC is being uh, focusing at. First of all, the advocate story of our connection to the land, and more than that, to understand, and the Christians want to support this initiative, this filling, fulfillment of um, uh, prophecy in the biblical heartland.
0: When we talk Judea and Samaria, we're talking about areas there in the West Bank uh, for geography for our listeners today. But this is biblical heartland, isn't it? Uh, Judea and Samaria. And yet it's the thing that's in dispute uh, that uh, all sorts of people are talking about two-state solutions and such things. This is the land that is under uh, consideration when people are talking about two-state solutions. So from your perspective here, Shmuel, this is biblical heartland for the Jewish people.
1: Of course, I always mention, you know, this is like the most absurd uh, claim. Because if you go to the Bible, and I think a lot of the people of the world, the vast majority understand the Bible, and in the Old Testament, it's already mentioned that Abraham was brought to the Hauk of Moreh, next to the city of Shechem, right? And then Abraham goes and buys the tomb of the patriarchs in Hebron, and he dwells through Bethel. Literally every place in Judea and Samaria, those major places that we all know in the Bible are, in the Judea and Samaria area, or as you just mentioned, the West Bank. The claims about our connection to this land, if there's any connection to the Jewish land, it's this area of Judea and Samaria. And I always like to mention the fact that, you know, the biggest, most famous city in Israel, Tel Aviv, and I would say in the modern time, it's not mentioned in the Bible. What's mentioned is Hebron, and it's Shechem, and it's Bethel. And it's, and it's Shiloh, where the tabernacle stood. And of course, it's Jerusalem, where you're claiming and when you're questioning a connection to the land, you cannot question the West Bank and Judea and Samaria. Question Tel Aviv, maybe. And I, and I always see it as a funny way. They're attacking the strongest place and holding from really from the roots of our nation.
0: So since the October 7th terror attack on the people of Israel and now Israel defending itself uh, by going into Gaza and looking to have those hostages released, the sort of work you do around West Bank, uh, those Judea and Samaria areas, uh, are you trying to keep those into the the way that people are thinking about what will be happening with the future of Israel? How do you reflect on that?
1: So the truth of a matter is right now, um, it's not the best time for a conversation about uh, the future of Judea and Samaria. What happens right now in the area, in our communities, is littler, literally fear. You can imagine the fact that, that we are surrounded by hostile villages we saw what happened in the gaza strip we saw what a huge border and a huge fence did not help three and a half billion shekels or dollars fence did not stop them we live in communities and in towns literally next to hostile villages next to cities with people that want to kill us actively so the first and the most important thing we're dealing right now is the fact that we are dealing with safety issues, and literally we are in the state of waiting for the next attack to happen. And and I'm sad to say that, but the notion in the streets starting the 7th of October is the fact that we are coming next. And I would add to that another component that many people in the world tend to forget. So you have a small village and you think to yourself, okay, now I have the need to protect myself. Imagine the fact That in average, 60 or 70% of the males of our communities left to be drafted into the army. So now we were in a situation that communities were left without or with less men. And now we are on the verge of understanding we're going to be attacked next. So that was a very, very, I would say, sensitive time. And what we did in CFOAC was mainly the fact that Christians around the world understood it. And support the security needs of our communities. Now above that, surely there's the bigger story as you're trying to imply about the two-state solution or where the future goes with that. This is a constant reminder. I want to rem- remind everybody we were disembarking from Gaza Strip with Jewish settlements were out of there in 2005. Look at the results right now we left the area to be isolated without to be without any jewish people without any army they've built a underground city more complex than the new york city subway we cannot allow the, any thoughts of disembarking and leaving this area we are the protectors of tel aviv we're the protectors of all of israel we are the communities that surrounded uh, the Gaza Strip and were attacked. If we are not gonna be here, the border is going to be in Tel Aviv. So these are two elements. Number one, to understand the needs to support the communities and their safety, waiting for the next attack that will surely happen. And number two is to realize and to explain and to communicate the fact. Look, that's what we always said. That's what happened where deer disembarking is disembarking. When you leave territories, what's filling the ground is terror, not peace.
0: What I think listeners will be able to hear you saying here is that uh, while it might be controversial for some that there are Jewish settlers in the West Bank, in Judea and Samaria, You're saying that if you are forced out or if those Jewish settlers left, uh, what would likely happen would be what happened in the Gaza situation and uh, it would turn into a wasteland. Is is that what you're saying? Because there is a civilizing influence of having Jewish people living in Judea and
1: Samaria? I'm saying more than that. There's a need to protect the... Main Israel, the coast contains 70% of the people of Israel, some 5 to 6 million people. Imagine the fact that if we're going to leave the West Bank, as as we call it, we're literally going to be under the situation that all of Israel is going to be with the situation to being bombarded and missiled and targeted all of Israel. Imagine the fact that Judea and Samaria were talking about mountains and hills. And when you have hills controlled by Hamas or other organizations, God forbid, if we're going to leave this area, that means that the people of Tel Aviv, the people who want to fly from the Ben Gurion airport, all those places who could be targeted, the fact that there's army here and there's civilians here, we're able to contain the the arab palestinian cities what happened in gaza was the fact that because there was no military there we weren't there so they had a free space to do whatever they wanted they wanted terror so they've built those underground tunnels and they armed themselves imagine if we're going to live the west bank judea and samaria all of israel is going to be under this risk so we cannot do it and that's above the fact that our connections here are biblical connections it's important to note we are here for the safety issue but more than that even if you would say we'll take out all the civilians and the army is going to be here so we're not going to ban the area of judea and samaria we're going to be secured i'm talking about something that connects jews and christians and we talked about the fact that i'm an orthodox jew and we're talking now with Christians what bounds us together what connects us is our belief in the bible and our connection to the bible so what when we are staying here we're talking about the verses in the prophet that promise that a day will come and from the exile we will return to the land and we will return to the mountains of samaria so for us it's a biblical journey it's a prophecy coming true there's the aspect of safety and security absolutely But what really brought us here, and as you mentioned, I'm a fourth generation here, is the realization that for 2,000 years, people prayed to come back to those biblical heartland spots. And we will not, we will never leave this area.
0: Shmuel, let me ask you about the future, because as you say, Jews have respect for Bible prophecy, and it's around the land, the promised land. Christians, very interested in Bible prophecy. When we talk about the future, as I understand it, the Promised Land extends from the Nile in Egypt to the Euphrates in Syria. Uh, There's not uh, an occupation of the entire Promised Land right now. What are your thoughts for where things might be going into the future? (laughs)
1: You asked, uh, you know, it's funny you're saying that because you're asking a question while we're being targeted from the south, from the north, from the east, from the west, right? Maybe not from the west, but there's an ocean there. And I'll tell you this. The one thing that really held the Jewish people throughout the generations, and, you know, in Australia, there's a lot of conversation right now about anti-Semitism. So, you know, for us, it's old news. You know, everywhere we went, there was anti-Semitism. People were against us. What really held the people together and strong? The belief and the hope. Think about it. Our national anthem, literally the name of the national anthem is the hope. Atikvah. So what we have, and I think we endured during the generations of hard time in exile, is the fact that we believe impatient and waiting for the long run. In every situation, when you look around you and, and you imagine the horrific situation in the history of Israel, if you really need to be realistic about it, there's no hope. When you were in the Holocaust, when you were exiled from Spain, when you were under the programs, when you were in the time of the Crusaders, every time we were in those deep situation, sad situation, I think what hold us was the fact That we believe in the God of Israel, the Almighty, that one day will redeem us. And I think right now, when you look around us, it doesn't look well. It doesn't look promising. And right now we're being attacked. But we do believe that God has acting in a mysterious way. And what he is planning for us was there from the beginning. And we believe that what needs to happen needs to happen when we're talking about controlling such a huge massive area i am not sure what do you call by really controlling it does it mean that i need to live in iraq maybe it means that the surrounding countries just won't attack us or live in peace or will understand and by the way i think this is you know a more geopolitical conversation maybe all of this attack was iran understanding that now with after the abraham accords We went one step forward in understanding that we indeed can live with the Middle Eastern countries. When Saudi and Dubai and and the Emirates and places that we cannot imagine that would even have a conversation with us, connected to us, worked with us. And now Saudi Arabia was then coming next. Maybe we are seeing steps of the future near us. And the conversation in the Abraham Accords only implies, look what happened when you come from a level of power, from strength, from a belief in yourself, and not folding and not scared. And not, another thing is not to put the all Israel-Arab conflict around Palestinians. There are other countries, there are other needs in the region, and I think we will see great things happening in the future.
0: So many will want to stand in solidarity with Israel. Let me give that website, cfoic.com. That stands for Christian Friends of Israeli Communities Heartland. cfoic.com. And Shmuel, coming to Australia 26th of February through to the 7th of March. Shmuel, thanks so much for sharing these thoughts with us today on
1: 2020. Thank you so much. It was great being here.